I'm Denise Wallach-Peterson, founder of the Menopause Project and creator of the Use Your Cycle Method. I've been a personal trainer for the last two decades to hundreds of women, helping them through hormonal disruption, perimenopause, and menopause, coming out on the other side, celebrating their strength, their health, and their wisdom. Because menopause doesn't have to suck. In Meno Minis, we'll be discussing everything from sleep, sex, and weight loss to how to support and use your hormonal cycle to live a more vibrant life in the flow, even post-menopause. Welcome to today's Meno Mini. Hey, how's everybody doing today? Denise Wellick-Peterson of Meno Minis talking about Use Your Cycle. Now, last time, oh, excuse me, <coughs> we talked about the five things you do not need in order to lose weight in peri and postmenopause. Today, we are going to talk about the four things that are really, really important. The big rocks, if you will. Now, if you listened last time, you know that we talked about skipping the little rocks until we had the big rocks under control. So let's talk about those big rocks. Now these are in no particular order this time, just they're four big rocks. Which ones can you do, right? I'm a big believer in just start, just get going. Pick the thing that is going to be easiest for you to start with and add on once that becomes easy, right? Because trying to add all four things at once or all of the things at once is is defeating, right? Because as soon as you skip one or you forget one, you feel like the whole thing is lost and that's really not the case. Anytime we can just add a little bit more that is better for us, healthier for us, more helpful to our bodies is progress, right? So you don't have to do all 75 million things just get started with this one thing, all right? So I'm gonna give you four things today that you can just start. All right, number one, more protein. Yeah, more protein. I feel like a stuck record, but and. We need protein. Uh, perhaps you've read the articles that say, you know, for every decade of your life, you lose three to 5% of your muscle mass. And you know, when you're 30, you're like, whatever, like, you know, it's not going to matter for years and years. You're right. I mean, you're not wrong. As my kids would say, you're not wrong. And um, just recently I suffered an injury and couldn't be getting into the gym like I'm used to, like I've wanted to. And all of the sudden, I mean, literally after three months, I'm like, I can't pick that thing up carrying the laundry basket downstairs is like, oh, wow, that, huh, huh. And this is coming from a person who has lifted very heavy weights for the last 20 years, right? So it's very disturbing to me to be like, I can't do that, right? So if you haven't been lifting weights for the last 20 years, don't get me wrong, you can start now. It's not too late. Because honestly, if you are not actively trying to gain muscle mass at this point, you are actively losing muscle mass. And you may not even realize it until one day you go to pick up something unusually heavy and you're like, wow, 
wow, I can't do that, right? So keep that in mind. So we want to eat the protein, right? First of all, it keeps you full longer. So if you are eating things that keep you full longer, you're far less likely to reach for that afternoon candy bar or the chips with lunch if you're getting enough protein and feel full and feel satisfied. So you want to eat your protein. It helps preserve muscle mass. Um, and it helps you build muscles for when, not if, you are lifting heavy, right? I can't encourage lifting heavy enough, but it helps you build muscles. In fact, studies show, this isn't Denise making it up, the studies show that menopausal women need more protein, pound for pound, than teenage boys, okay? Part of that is that we lose some of the capability to process the protein, so we need to eat even more to get enough that we are able to process. And that magic number, air quotes there, magic number is 125 grams of protein minimum. Minimum. So I don't care who you are, you're getting at least 125 grams of protein a day. Um, if you have been lifting for a long time and you have a lot more muscle mass, it's one gram of protein per pound of muscle mass. Okay, so for the people who lift heavy and know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, 125 grams of protein is a minimum. Okay, now I would encourage you a couple quick things on adding protein. One, track it for a little bit to see how much protein you're actually getting. I cannot tell you the number of times I've sat down with a 50 plus year old woman and she's like, I eat a lot of protein. And I say, okay, cool. Tell me what you ate. And tell me what you ate today and yesterday, you know. And by the time they've told me everything they've eaten, we're at like 55 grams. And I'm like, not enough. You need to eat more. You need to eat more. So 125 is the number, right? A piece of steak, a piece of chicken, 25 to 30 grams of protein, palm size, okay? Um, eggs are only six grams of protein per egg, which I mean is great, and hmm, um, peanut butter. It's a fat source with a little bit of protein, okay? Quinoa is a starch source with a little bit of protein. Right? I talk about this in my perimenopause meal planner book that there are there's like there's protein, chicken, steak, fish. There's carby proteins like quinoa and there's um, fatty proteins like peanut butter. Let's stick as best we can to his main source of protein. Big rocks, okay? Do your best. Okay, moving on. Second big rock to move into. I don't want to get this so complicated that it's you don't move into it, right? Second big rock, eat your vegetables. In my happy, happy world, eat vegetables every single time you eat. And some people, I, I, I immediately hear, ew, for breakfast, veggies for breakfast. What do you think an omelet is, people? <laughs> right? It's eggs and meat and veggies. You know, you don't have to eat them straight up, but I mean, you can, 
There's no reason you couldn't have a plate full of green beans for breakfast or a salad, right? But you don't have to. Really wanna focus on the vegetables because one, number one, fiber. Fiber helps keep everything moving. And if everything is moving regularly like it should, you should be pooping like a baby, by the way, at least once a day, if not once every meal, right? Um, but if you're pooping, the excess estrogen in your system doesn't have time to stay around and linger and cause all kinds of hormonal problems, right? So we want to be getting protein. Uh, secondary to that, we want to be getting the cruciferous vegetables as often as we can. That's the broccoli, the kale, the broccoli, kale, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, bok choy, right? The cruciferous vegetables have micronutrients in them that helps detoxify the body and again get the chemicals get the preservatives get the things out of the body right so as often as we can eat cruciferous that's amazing um one of the things i do personally to ensure that i get a good amount of vegetables a day is i eat a salad every day for lunch and i do the salads in a bag because honestly I don't like chopping. If you need a number, the number is six to eight cups, cups of vegetables a day. Start where you're at, right? Um, side note on both protein and vegetables. If you track where you currently are, versus the numbers I just saved, said, fiber. If you're nowhere near six to eight cups, if you're at a quarter cup, protein. If you're nowhere near 125 grams, you're at 50. Do not make that big jump all at once. Ease into it. Give yourself a one week or two week plan to get there, okay? Because your body is only producing enough stomach acid to deal with those proteins and those vegetables for what you are currently eating. And if you make that big jump, you will get constipated, bloated, or hurt, okay? Ease into it. Don't make a big jump. Okay, that's my side note. The third big rock of things you do need to do during menopause, perimenopause, postmenopause to lose some weight, sleep. Sleep eight to nine hours a night. Eight is kind of a minimum. Um, we've frequently seen those charts on like how much sleep a baby should get, how much sleep a toddler should get, a, a kindergartner, a second grader, a whatever, right? we're on the list too. And the answer is eight to nine hours plus a night. Your body needs time to rest and repair. Okay. Think the wrinkles. If you're not sleeping, you don't have time for your skin to repair. Okay. Also, um, if at all possible, melatonin is the hormone that is released at night when it is dark outside. Um, between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. It is released at its most, right? And that helps with brain function. So if you find you are very much struggling with brain fog, you really wanna hone in on this one as best you can, right? So when I say melatonin is released in bulk, kind of 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., that means if your schedule permits, as best as you can, get in bed, be in bed, be ready for bed by 10 p.m. Maybe get into bed at 9 or 
right? And uh, so like nine to six would be like the most ideal sleeping schedule. But Denise, I have to get up by 5.30 to go to work. Cool, whatever. Big rocks, right? You want to do your best. If this isn't the rock that you can start with, don't start here. Third shifters, I 199%, I get it. I do. Don't start with this rock. Um, but pay even more attention to the other three rocks. Okay, get the best sleep that you can when you can get it. Try to be regular about it. Um, maybe you take one to three milligrams of melatonin for when you do sleep. It's up to you, right? But focus on the other rocks then if this isn't a thing for you. And finally, the fourth big rock to help you lose weight, peripost and menno. Go for a walk. Nay, a stroll right? I think those of us at a certain age think walk and we think huff and puff and move those arms and go as fast as you can and let's add some weight. No, 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 no. When I say go for a stroll, I mean max three miles an hour. So a treadmill, it's 2.8 to 3.2 miles an hour. Um, preferably outside in the sun, preferably outside, right? Getting in nature, getting the sunshine on your skin are all things that are going to help regulate and um, boost your hormone situation, right? But if you can't, just walking around the house. At the uh, height of the C-19 thing, I would pace my house talking on the phone to my mom, right? Just walk, just move. The point is not cardio. The point is to help burn off some cortisol, right? Cortisol is a stress hormone, so it helps burn off the crazy, right? The, I got so angry in traffic, but had no way to run away from it. I got so angry, right? The, I got fight or flight mode um, when the boss was yelling at me. The, you know, 10,000 years ago when the tiger chased you, you ran, and that's how you ran off the cortisol. But boss yelling at you, you don't go out and run, right? You're not running from the boss, generally speaking. So you need something to burn off the crazy. And strolling is the answer, right? So um, recap on these. It is super important to remember that the older we get, the more reactive we are to stress. Our bodies are to stress. So if you have a lack of sleep, um, argument with your spouse, whatever, we react, like think backwards, more like a toddler, right? So like in your late 20s, 30s, you deal, you can deal with the most amount of stress at a time and you, your body reacts less to it. But the further you get away from 20 in either direction, right? Toddlers don't react to stress very well. They break down, they cry. So do menopausal women, right? So we really want to reduce our stress as much as possible. And if walking isn't it, we need to find you a different way to reduce your stress. Um, eating a good source of an amount of protein and vegetables, sleeping and strolling can help you more than it's given credit for, right? Like I talked about last time, it's about the big rocks. 
Sure, we can talk about taking some melatonin. Sure, we can talk about taking some vitamin D instead of getting outside. Sure, we can talk about good fat sources. Yeah, they're all things. But you know what? You need to start with one thing and the four things that I listed, the protein, the vegetables, the sleep, and the strolls. Those are four big things that if you can pick one or two, those are going to make the biggest impact on your hormonal health. Okay? 125 grams plus of protein, six to eight cups of vegetables a day, including some cruciferous vegetables, easy on the starchy vegetables. Get a walk in every day as best you can and get as much sleep as you can, preferably during the dark time hours. So there's no need to start fiddling with your supplements. Eat your protein and vegetables. There's no need to focus on the most beneficial squat variation if you're not walking, right? Big work, big rocks, babe, big rocks. Now, stay tuned for the hormonal countdown. What five was the five things you didn't need? Four was the things you do need. Three types of workouts are coming up next. So stay tuned for that. Now, if you wanna jump in and and do all the things and, and are looking for the things, have you read my book on Amazon, The Use Your Cycle Method? That is going, that, that's the, the be all end all. That's the blueprint I use on all my clients. Or if you're not a DIY person, shoot me a message and we can talk about one-on-one -on -one coaching. All right. You have a great day. And remember, let's go in the flow. Have a fantastic day. Recording. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Thanks for listening. It would mean a ton to me if you left a review or passed this podcast on to your best gal pals and hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you have any questions, be sure you join the Menopause Project on Facebook. Until next time.